Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today I'm going to share five unique perspectives that may inspire you or just give you a different way to think about things when it comes to e-commerce tracking and conversion optimization. So my first unique perspective as I've started thinking about this more and more over the last two years, maybe once iOS really started to hit and server-side tracking has started to become more mainstream and people asking about it proactively that maybe we're not thinking about a couple of years ago. I think that I'm starting to believe I have the privilege and grateful that many listening get to work with a lot of amazing brands and have over the years and business owners and founders. And I'm starting to realize that most don't really want to use Google Tag Manager. They want and you want accurate data. You want minimal site speed impact on your site from tracking scripts. And you want to be able to move fast. And this is something that Obviously, we are very heavy users of Google Tag Manager since that's part of our product integration. But at the end of the day, GTM, I think, has started to stand for more of that. Okay, I've potentially been in a scenario where talking with other colleagues and friends and talking about frustrations with pixels and tracking and GTM comes up because somebody might have had a good experience using Google Tag Manager. So I'm talking four or five, six years ago, potentially longer. And it's like, hey, use GTM. You can use GTM to add tracking very easily. It can help improve site speed, quote, or parentheses, if you know how to do it within GTM, doing timing-based triggers, et cetera. But that's it. That That is one thing that I've started to crystallize a little bit more. It's really not about Google Tag Manager itself. Uh, I don't think many brand owners, myself included, are rolling out of bed just uh, really wanting and thinking and dreaming about Google Tag Manager. And it's more about the what's the job that GTM is helping me do. And the job is getting accurate tracking, improving site speed, and ultimately making it easy for my marketing team to move fast. GTM has been a big part of that over the last 10, 15, I don't even know how many years. But I don't necessarily think that's the, the default going forward. That may not be the future, where it's always the default to go straight GTM, especially with everything going on with privacy and iOS and browser and lawsuits and everything going on with with Google Analytics in Europe. Anyways, so that's, uh, I'll put a a bow on my first unique perspective. Not everyone really wants GTM. My second share is, I've noticed this, this has been a long time, even pre-Elevar and my previous careers. uh, There's very minimal time, I think in general, if you look at the amount of time or hours that a company has in total across their entire team. There's a very small percentage for most companies. This is not necessarily just B2, excuse me, D2C brands. This could also be B2B SaaS or any others, but very minimal time spent on CRO-based analysis. Uh, For example, are new features helping or hurting? Are existing features still helping? So things that we might have launched last year. The time seems to be more distributed to areas that potentially might have less leverage. And I think that's a big thing talking about, as I have in the last few episodes, about just 
the industry where we're at, the market, rising CPAs and looking for different channels to test. Certainly seeing some brands put a heightened focus on CRO-based uh, analysis. So actually and trying to understand the nuances of your sites and um, not just rolling out features, assuming that they're by default, it's a new feature. So it's going to improve conversion rate. And instead, uh, some of these brands that we're seeing is I'm seeing them investing more time into incremental analysis, uh, building their own internal insights hub or uh, just a place that they can leverage insights from the past or A-B test results from the past. And ultimately having the mindset of testing leads to better performing marketing campaigns. And this, is, this just comes down to time and priority. There's a million things that we could be doing. And again, this isn't just a Nikom Ecom Insight, this is for SaaS companies as well and, and our own company. I think there's just that assumption that new features work and existing features uh, still work. And that can be to, the, to your detriment, detriment if you are not just continually testing. And this second point goes into my next one, which is closely related and just understanding what user activities on site are most or least correlated with purchase. I think is one of the most helpful insights that you can glean from analytics. There historically has been a lot of time uh, investing, analyzing page reports and landing page reports and going through source medium. And we've even rolled out our user journey tracking just to try to break, uh, break up those reports to make them a little bit more impactful by looking at more top and mid funnel activities in a single report. But understanding through event tracking let's say you roll out a new product page and your product page is that four Nike style grid image block that Nike started a couple of years ago. Like if you do roll something substantial like that out is make sure that there's event tracking uh, added for that for GA or GA4 and just understanding what are people interacting with on your product page. This could be through event tracking or it could be through heat map software or Microsoft Clarity or other, other tools like that. But just understanding what behavior is driving the highest percentage or highest likelihood to purchases. Those are the insights that ultimately can go back to my second point, which is uh, driving more impactful CRO uh, initiatives. So that could be running multivariate experiments on product pages or collection pages. It could be just driving your general A-B tests, but it all starts with investing the time. So adding the tracking, so adding event tracking or adding your heat map. So just using those different tools, event tracking or your heat map software. And within, if you are relying on the hot jars of Microsoft Clarities, you can actually push conversion events into there. So you aren't just looking at uh, clicks and scrolls. You can start looking, uh, start looking at the data with user attribute data, like purchases, add to carts, et cetera, associated to that. But getting that in place, analyzing it, and then using that to feed your CRO-based analysis engine. We're going to keep this going on the A-B testing and optimization results perspective and your A-B testing perspective. And this one is my fourth point is A-B tests should not always be analyzed just as an aggregate. So the perspective here is A-B test results should almost always be analyzed based on the campaign segment that they are in. If you are a listener of this podcast, I would say one out of every four or five episodes, I'm talking about Google optimized tests or five tests that you can try or CRO based insights, et cetera. And that's been a 
a common theme for us. That's a big thing that we, t- we are advocates here at Elevar is testing, testing, testing. It doesn't need to be big tests. It can be small tests. But with that is making sure that you are segmenting your analysis. So segmenting can be as something as basic as new versus returning users. It could be device segmentation, but you can also go a little bit deeper. So if you are running, let's say you're, you're driving traffic to a custom landing page and you're driving traffic uh, from Facebook and TikTok and potentially other channels, is start with a new way of thinking going into these testing experiments of defining the campaign segments that you want insights on. So is this landing page going to perform for this particular TikTok campaign or these Facebook campaigns? Run the experiment, so run the tests, and then split out the data based on those segments. So you can look at the A-B test in a, how did this work for TikTok versus how did this work for Facebook traffic or Google ads traffic, et cetera. So if you are experienced and running tests, you might be doing this already, but I see this one, especially with the friction on tracking where we don't have 30 day, 90 day, quote unquote, users that are cookied over uh, multiple time periods, potentially multiple campaigns, where you're potentially moving people down a funnel. I think really just understanding the how your tests are performing for particular campaign segments so you can split prospecting versus remarketing campaigns. And you can do all this if you are using Google Optimize, just use the reporting inside of Google Analytics, Universal Analytics, and just add your create a segment like you would normally, and then you can compare that data right in the Google Analytics interface. So this is, if you have the traffic to support this, especially getting the holiday, this could be really powerful to help you find some segmentations. And if you find a particular segment, so let's say TikTok performs better than Facebook for whatever reason, you can then run a personalization. So within Optimize, you can just turn that variant into a personalization and have it target TikTok traffic only. We have some customers, I would say that at any given time, they might be they might be running five to 10 personalizations through Google Optimize at any given time. And part of this is just dev velocity. So they're testing very quickly, very rapidly, and then rolling out these personalizations, uh, not necessarily just to all segments, but in targeted segments. But that'll, by running these winners as personalizations, it buys time to get them into the dev roadmap and ultimately implement it onto the site. Or if it could be something you just always have as a personalization because it's a short-term landing page or a short-term feature, whatever it might be, that won't be part of your core site. So that's the, the my fourth perspective is, again, A-B testing results should always be analyzed, not always, but should more frequently be analyzed based on the campaign segment that the user is in, that the shoppers are coming in. All right, so the last perspective I have here is I get asked this question fairly often of, do I know any good strategists or CRO folks uh, that brands could hire or agencies are, are looking for, et cetera? And a great CRO strategist, or, or I would just say great CRO expertise, combines a few different skill sets. Uh, so a great person that I would consider uh, very strong in the world of CRO they have an understanding of how marketing works. So they have a strong marketing knowledge. So they understand something even as basic as the copy used in an ad. You want to try to unify that experience when someone comes onto the landing page. So you don't want that fragmented experience of the marketer that's running the ad and the creative and the copy and they're driving traffic to a landing page and the landing page speaks 
and looks nothing like the ad. So that is skill set number one, is having a strong knowledge of how uh, marketing actually works. The next skill is uh, someone who is very strong with customer behavior analysis. So this customer behavior analysis could be within Google Analytics. It could be within uh, the realm of qualitative surveying. So running surveys on site, running qualitative research, user testing, user interviews even. So just having a, a strong way of extracting out customer insights that they can then use to drive their experimentation program and insights. The third skill set is UX best practice knowledge. So having a strong understanding of how user experience works, and that is a combination of creative, of copy, of best practices, uh, someone who has a thirst to learn. So you can, the learning could be through Baymart Institute, which has been around forever and puts out a ton of research and just has a, a trove of research in their uh, library. I think they have paid versions now too, but even the blog that they have, uh, a lot of their just testing and research is, it's great. I've, I think I've been reading Baymart for 15 years, it seems, 10, 10 years at least. It could be through CXL, uh, it could be through other communities, but generally someone who has a good, strong knowledge of US be uh, UX best practices, and especially someone that has the experience. So if they've been testing for a long time, they can fall back on, okay, what worked for this particular brand and this uh, particular experience during this time frame, and just can fall back on some of that historical knowledge to try to produce a higher number and higher frequency of uh, learnings from A-B testing and wins. And then the last skill set for rounding out what I see as uh, just a great CRO strategist is someone that's really strong with data analysis. This is one of those givens where you generally, if you're going into testing, you want to use data. So you need to use data to drive hypotheses. So at Elevar, we are very big with using event tracking data, so user behavior on site to help drive deeper insights, small things like, okay, is there a particular FAQ in the accordion that people are clicking on more that has a three, four, five X conversion rate? If it does, then let's start testing, pulling that out. So an example of that would be, this was Vessi a couple of years ago, where we saw the their fit guide and their FAQs, it was what size, shoe should I wear, something along, along those lines. But anyways, it just had a really, really strong conversion rate and we pulled that out. And ultimately they designed a really strong fit guide on their product pages that was near their at the cart in the main section. And it just turned into a really big win in terms of product page experience. If Vessi did not have event tracking set up and did not have somebody to know where to go look for that and analyze it and compare and contrast to other behavior on site, that may not have been an experience that they ultimately implemented that drove a significant revenue lift. So that's the data analysis going into an experience. And then obviously you have the post-launch, post-test data analysis going through segmentation. So how do you create segments in GA? How do you split that data? How do you compare it to each other? How do you potentially look at your test results in the middle of a big sale or campaign or marketing promotion? So again, you have that data analysis pre-test and post-test experience. And those are, they're very strong needs and big needs in what I would consider a CRO strategist 
tool set. So that's it. That's five unique perspectives. Just to recap, number one, it's not really about Google Tag Manager. People aren't rolling out of bed saying, I want Google Tag Manager, unless maybe you are someone on the yellow of our team or deep in the, uh, in the GTM community. It's generally more just give me accurate data that's fast and saves my site from speed issues. Number two, in general, there is a not enough time spent on CRO-based analysis, but those that are so in investing time into incremental analysis, building an internal insights hub, et cetera, seeing those brands perform better. Number three, knowing what user behavior activities on site are the most or least correlated with purchase is one of the most helpful insights that you can glean from analytics data. And the example here that I talked about was taking a new feature, let's say you rolled out, you track it, analyze it, and it turns out it actually is not producing an increase in conversion rate, then that can help you save some of uh, some lost time or, or lost performance from that particular feature. The fourth, A-B testing results should largely be analyzed in different segments. So just don't always look at the all user segment, break that out based on channel or campaign or user type, et cetera, to glean stronger insights that may lead to a personalization that you can use on site. And the last one I just went through was the five skills that I see make a really strong CRO strategist. So that's it. Hope this was helpful and I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next time. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or a review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again. Thanks again.